Hey, who do you think would win a fight? Well, what do you mean? Well, if you and I ever got into like a really serious fight, you know, and the punches started flying, who do you think would win? Well, I think that's pretty obvious. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. The bat is dead. Bury it. Fight back! You coward, fight back! You just started a war. Dark fire will never fail you. Flame of Udun! Never give up. Never surrender. We must fight. You've always run away from a fight. Have not? You have so. Have not? You have so. Have not? You have so and you know it. What's up, Who Would Winners? And welcome to episode number 63 of the Who Would Win cast the podcast that analyzes fictional fights between familiar faces. My name is Steve. Hello! This is Chris. You you went really high there. I did did I go too high? That. No, not too high. It was good. All right. It was, it was very, very, it was very good. Very tasteful. Well, well done. I had two Involves goals with that intro. In, in... I was go going ahead. for English accent and Robin Williams as Mrs. Doubtfire. Perfect. Did there that come go. across? Now, can you do Robin? Can, I, I thought it was perfect. Okay, thank you. Now, now can you do Robin Williams as Genie? Um, what is something the Genie says? You ain't never had a friend like me. All right, let me try. You ain't never had a friend like me. I feel like that didn't really capture. It, it was an attempt. Yeah, it was an yeah. attempt. All right, well, we'll workshop attempt. that. You the best you could. That's right. Thanks. How Steve. are you? I'm pretty good. Uh, did you have a successful uh, shopping day yesterday? I saw you oh, on Target you, and passing. You know that I was uh, doing baby registry stuff. That's right. I would say it was pretty successful. Good That's good. That's I've good. registered for many baby things. Anything that you really have your eyes on? Nah. Like a cool stroller? I mean, I'm not going to really fit in any of it, so I don't really, you know, it's not a big deal. That's true. There's um. Yeah, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter for you. There's like this this monkey toy that was pretty cool, I guess. <laughs> It'll keep you more entertained than it yeah. will your ba your baby. Yeah. You need a lot of stuff for babies. There's like a whole. I believe, like, was there something was was there something that came up on your list and you were like never thought of that? I mean, pretty much everything. Oh boy! Because I was like, I all right, you crib. need to put a baby in a car seat. You need to put a baby in a stroller and a crib and all that. But other than that, it's like, come on, they're just tiny people. They don't need all this special stuff. Why do they need their own little That's right. little Walden playpen? I mean, you can't you just you know let them let them crawl let, around let the room. Them, let them go. Yeah, give them some freedom. Yeah, that's how they learn. That's a shame. <laughs> exactly. They 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 touch something hot and they learn, or yep. they bang their head against the wall and they learn. Might leave a little indent, but you know they learn. Is that why there's so many indents in your house? I've noticed a lot uh, of oh, yeah. old, oh, like a yeah. lot of indents in your walls. Yeah, I was all over the place. That and makes sense. Actually, you that, can see that it in clears my a lot of things up too. You can actually. It's kind of like a. You can take like a puzzle. It's like a puzzle piece. You put my head up against the. Wall. It fits in perfectly, right? Yes, it's perfectly. Yeah, so in addition to um, baby registering, uh, I've been doing one other thing recently, and that is trying to grow or, you know, cultivate a uh, sourdough bread starter. Oh, okay. Are you familiar with what that is? Uh, I'm assuming just a dough to make sourdough bread? Yeah, pretty much. So basically, you just take some flour and some water, and you mix it together and leave it out to sit, and occasionally you stir it and add more flour and water. And then, like it'll it'll like eventually get the right like concentration of yeast and bacteria, and you can use it to bake bread. Now, your unpaid intern, uh, she is gluten free. Is this a gluten free bread? No, no? This, this is dough not. bread. This is not for her. Not. This is for my for it my is own, not. Uh, bread baking purposes. 
I don't know how a gluten-free sourdough starter would work. I'm not sure if the same properties apply. So I wanted to kind of do a normal one first, get the hang of things. Makes makes sense. But I'm not sure how it's going. I'm I'm worried my house is too cold for it. Uh, I think it's hindering the growth. Little little warmth maybe in order to let it rise. Yeah, but I don't know what to do. Could like put a heater on for it. Seems wasteful. I'm just gonna see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Keep uh keep the listeners in the loop there. Yeah. Well, that's enough about me. What what have you done recently? Uh, yesterday when we were in passing, uh, we were Allie and I were going uh registry shopping. We went to Bed Bath Beyond and Target. And uh, put some cool stuff on the registry. Was this a wedding so registry or a baby registry? This is our wedding re- registry. Right. I'm just no checking. Baby registry just checking. The- yep. No worries. I didn't know if you had yeah, to maybe do two at a time. Knives. Well, I had like a set of knives on a baby registry. A baby is going to need knives eventually. That'd be kind of kind of weird. I mean, yeah, one day. It's really right. planning ahead, but yeah, that's true. It's smart though. Getting like college textbooks already. Yeah. So so did that, and then uh, today I went and saw Justice League. What'd you think of Justice League, Steve? All right, I didn't hate it. Okay, I thought I think I feel very similar to pretty much all the other reviews that have been out there. I thought that the interaction bet- between the team was good, but I I feel like I mean I don't want like anyone to think like I'm a DC hater. I'm not at all. I just feel like the bar is set so low for DC that as long as it's not bad, people think it's like really, really, really good. And I feel like that's kind of how it is with Justice League. Like, like if you go on Rotten Tomatoes, like the audience score for for Justice League is like eighty eight percent, and like, like I think that's really kind of high. I mean, did, I'd probably give did it you like see a, what the critic score was? Give it like a it's like forty percent. I think. yeah, it was thirty nine when I just looked. In, uh, in, in, and I don't have the our guests, our spreadsheet up in front of me, but when I guessed, I guessed like 72. I was thinking that it was going to be, you know, not, you know, universally well-received, but I thought that it was going to be somewhat, you know, the response was going to be positive. So I, w- I thought a similar I mean, thing there was, to you, There was Steve. a lot of good in it. I went a little lower than, uh-huh. than you, though. I think I went in the 60s. Did you? But not you? 39. I mean, I, w- I, I was really rooting for it, and... I I want I'm a like, DC movie. Uh, Superman's think. my favorite comic character. I want a good Superman. Yeah, and I I didn't know this, but um, I went with my friend Mike, and he was telling me that I I did know that they reshot a lot of the film, uh, because Zack Snyder had to step out because his daughter unfortunately committed suicide, and Joss Whedon came in to finish post production duties, and apparently Joss Whedon reshot like eighty percent of the movie, and there's a lot of stuff that is just completely different than what Zack Snyder had originally envisioned. And when my friend was telling me what that was or what people have theorized what that was, it sounded like really, really, really cool. And it would have made sense to other uh, DC movies because I don't know if you remember Batman versus Superman. There's like a scene when Flash like comes from the future. Yes, I remember. To tell Ben Affleck something. Yep. Like that could directly relate to justice league and i could see what that meant now after seeing justice league but they just chose to kind of ignore it interesting which kind of stinks like the Zack snyder version was going to address that but joss whedon just choose to ignore that that ever happened 
Do you think it was because they thought people would be too stupid to understand the reference to the older movie? I don't think so. I think actually, I thought it was dumb at first when they had that in Batman vs Superman because I'm like that doesn't make any sense. But now after seeing Justice League, I'm like, oh, I get what they were doing. Because um, in Batman vs Superman, Flash is telling Superman or telling Batman that Lois Lane is the the key to solving the problem, and then. There were going to do something in Justice League where Lois Lane was going to be the key to solve the problem, but they didn't do that. And since they, and then now that doesn't make any sense that Flash would have gone back in time to tell Batman that because it doesn't even happen anymore. Hmm. But it's all confusing. But I mean, I was entertained. You know, there was some good stuff in there, but it was kind of what I expected. I would so. like to see that eventually. So I, I do yeah. believe. I thought I always thought that Superman was going to appear in the Justice League. So without, uh-huh. you know, giving it away, can you make a sound to indicate whether or not Superman appeared in the movie? Sure. Thank you. Whoosh. Okay, perfect. Thank you for being ambiguous. You're welcome. Yes. Cuz that could go so either way. It, it really could. But I'll know. So yeah, I'll know if, after you, when I see it. I'll be like, "Oh, that you, makes sense." If you want to see it, let me know. I got to get my UC, my movie pass some use. You'd see it again? Yeah, I'll see it again. Oh, thanks, Steve. I might, I might hit you up on that. Yeah, yeah. Just let me know. All right, cool. Uh, so, um, so Chris, so this is kind of a special episode. Um, All our episodes fe- are special. Featured this to week me. as the podcast. That that's true. Uh, we are being featured this week as the podcast of the week on Podbean. So hopefully, uh, we have some new listeners. It's a very uh, high honor listening. Yeah. So welcome. Uh, we hope you are enjoying this show, and hopefully, we'll. Continue to listen, and if you want, go back to our previous 62 episodes and uh, give it a give them a listen and welcome back to our returning listeners. Chris, do you want to give um, our new fans a little rundown of what this show is? Yeah, sure. So, um, basically, um, I, I don't really know. Like, the day, a couple minutes before we record this show, Steve tells me what we're going to be talking about, and then I try <laughs> to, like, think of things to say. That's pretty much it. No, exactly. I'm just kidding. We put a lot of effort into this show. It's very highly curated. It's very well researched. You will not find a more, you know, in-depth discussion of of pop culture topics out That's there. Right. So we'll pick two. Basically, we pick two characters from pop culture, be it you know, cinema, TV, books, um, you know, um, card games, characters. some something. Usually fictional. Sometimes even real yeah. people. And we will we will battle them against each other. Sometimes to the death. A lot of our early episodes are just straight up like one-on-one fights. And then we tried to kind of mix it up a little bit, do a little more creative fights. Maybe like um, recently we did a, a presidential election. We've done, you know, of, we've done uh, all Leslie, kinds of things. Um, you could look Lee, through our episode nope, list and ben probably Wyatt. find yeah. something that interests you. You might not like everything, but I think you'll find something. And um, speaking of previous episodes, I actually have the, the Twitter poll for our previous episode, if you recall. We did Monocle Madness last week. And we did uh, Mr. Peanut, which I took on. And you had uh, Mr. Pennybag. What was his name? Uncle Pennybags, right? Yeah, some Uncle Penny. Uncle, sure. He had another Uncle. name, but I forget it. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> he, why I just, uh, on the Twitter poll, I just put Monopoly Man, parentheses, Pennybags. Yeah, thank you. He didn't have as um, many names so as the ghosts from 50, Pac-Man. but No, that's true. But with 57% of the vote, Monopoly Man is beating out Mr. Peanut, who only has 43% of the vote. Oh, that's pretty close, though, Steve. Yeah, I mean, uh, 21 votes so far. Uh, still some time left. That is the airing of this episode. 
And uh, remember how we were talking about the previous episode before that, Leslie Note versus Ben Wyatt, uh, who would win the presidency? Yes. Um, one of our previous fans, Henry, 2488-3181. I remember when he talked about you stupid tea drinkers? Yes. And he was a little frustrated with the results of the vote? Yes. Uh, well, he actually just, uh, tweeted to us about, I don't know, about an hour and a half ago. And he said, well, guys, would you believe me if this is why? Referring to tea drinkers? He said, research suggests that tea drinkers could uh, or that drinking tea could cause frequent nosebleeds and brittle bones dot 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 all right so i'm not sure what he what he means by that i'm actually more confused now than i was before when i just thought it was a parks and rec reference that i forgot but yeah uh (laughs) you know it sounds like um, henry has some things out for people who drink tea if you're drinking a lot of tea an excessive amount of tea you know watch out for your bones that's that's a psa for today that's it. Take a calcium so, supplement with your tea. So, so that's what we're looking at right now with our previous poll results. Um, I haven't had a chance to really go in and put in some numbers for the guess the tomato meter contest. Uh, I don't think I ever put in Daddy's Home Two. I forget what that's at. Honestly, I, I saw a preview for that movie and I thought it looked pretty funny. Uh, the the stuff with Mel Gibson made me laugh. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I, I think but, I might uh, actually like I, that movie there was some if weird... I saw it. There were some weird trailers I saw today. There was one with Liam Neeson, and it's pretty much uh, the one when he's on an airplane, but he's on a train. It's called, oh, God, what was it called? The Commuter. They should have called it Traken. Ooh. Like, like see, Taken on a Train. Why, this is why they need you. Trainkin. They need to hire you. Trainkin. I like it. It could be a spinoff. That's perfect. Every every it's a TV one. series, and every week a different train passenger gets kidnapped, and Liam Neeson has to save them. The twist is it's all on I the same train ride. Taking TV series, <laughs> <laughs> the there, whole the whole series. Yeah, there's like a serial kidnapper on this long train ride. It's like a cross country train, and he kidnaps someone different every week. And like, there's like a whole series arc where Liam Neeson is trying to figure out which passenger keeps kidnapping other passengers. Chris, I'm telling you, you got the ideas. <laughs> Thanks. Hey, there's something else about a previous episode. Um, it was pointed out to us, I think on Twitter or Instagram, I forget, that the Monopoly man never wore a monocle, which we did discuss in the episode. So that person may not have actually listened. Oh, did somebody listened. mention that? Yeah, it was Anna. Oh, I didn't see that. Okay. There was I, a... uh, I, purposely, I purposely made sure that in all the images of the Monopoly man I put out that I gave him a, a monocle. I did see you badly Photoshop just... a, mon- a monocle onto him. Yeah, I just I just pretty much took a circle, <laughs> like shape art, and just put it over his eye. No, it, it was really good. It was really good. Thank you for that doing way, that. That way, I was just you I was were, just covering my tracks. You were really helping me save face for picking a man who doesn't wear a monocle for a monocle fight. I basically didn't <laughs> bring right. a monocle yeah, to right. a monocle fight. It's only slightly worse than fight. not bringing a gun to a gunfight. I messed that gun saying fight. up, but yeah, you know what it's I mean. Right. Don't, yeah, we all know what you mean. You're all good. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Oh boy. All right, so Chris, we are aware that it w- that the Monopoly we're, we're man did not wear a monocle. Mandela effect, blah blah blah. But we picked him anyway because we don't care. It's our show. We can pick exactly. who we want. Yeah, and we wanted to see what he would do against Mister Peanut. I mean, if you, you had know. a problem with that show, wait till this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so please remember, as always, if you have any ideas for any future matchups or scenarios, or if you'd just like to say hello, you can reach us through Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Gmail. You can also subscribe and leave us our ratings on iTunes or through our RSS feed on Podbean. 
Chris, what are we talking about today? Today, we're talking about the Thanksgiving tradition of pardoning a bird. Yeah, pardoning a bird. So traditionally, it is a turkey on Thanksgiving. Tradition. Yes. We had to branch out a and, little bit. Um, we did. Now, now um, thanks to Thanksgiving, this Thursday. Yep. Happy and, Thanksgiving, everyone. Uh, do you do? Happy early Thanksgiving. Do you happen to know the origins of the turkey pardon? Yes, I do. So it was before the settlers came to America. Uh, the east coast of the U.S. was run by wild turkeys, and they had they had set up a rudimentary government. And every um, every year they had a problem with crime. And then uh, when the settlers arrived, they established turkey courts to really crack down on the turkey crime. And then uh, as a thank you to their hosts, the turkeys, every Thanksgiving, they would pardon one of the turkey criminals. Is that right? Did you take AP history? Did no, you, you I didn't. You took AP history, right? I didn't. No, you should have. You should have because you're spot on. <laughs> Thanks. You're welcome. So, so, so though that is one of the theories... <laughs> Of the turkey pardoning origins, there is also another more accepted uh, theory of what happened. So a lot of people um, incorrectly credit President Harry Truman with starting the turkey pardon. Oh, I incorrectly uh, credit because... George Washington, just to, just for the record. Uh, okay, you, okay, that's fine, that's fine. So uh, the, the the turkey industry uh, would give President Truman turkeys, um, but the first one he got wasn't at, until after Thanksgiving and he would eat it it's not like he would pardon it like he'd be like all right thanks for the free turkey can and, we call the turkey industry it. big turkey um, from now on yeah let's call him big turkey i like okay. it uh so dwight eisenhower also had birds presented to him but nothing ever happened with that uh jfk also had a turkey and um he like didn't pardon it but there was a picture with him and the turkey that was donated to him and it had a sign that said good eating mr president and then four days after that, JFK was assassinated. So maybe the turkey was in on it. I think wow. we can open up a new conspiracy theory here. Well, those files are out now, so we can yeah, that's we can true. Read. Mm-hmm. I didn't see anything about a turkey. Um, so Richard Nixon was also given turkeys, and he spared them, but he technically didn't like pardon them. They just didn't like eat them. Um, but the one who is first known as giving a pardon was ronald reagan he was out in the rose garden and he the turkey was there and in the middle of the speech that he was giving one of the reporters was asking him questions whether or not he would consider pardoning oliver north uh someone who was involved in the iran contra affair and president reagan was deflecting those questions regarding the pardon and he said as a joke that he would pardon the turkey. And that just kind of pretty much started the tradition of pardoning turkeys. And you can go online and you can see the list of turkeys that presidents have pardoned. And Ronald Reagan only did one, which was that one. His name was Charlie. Clinton only did two uh, in 99 and 2000. You say and only, then like it's not Bush, that many. Well, I mean, I mean you think like one in, turkey for Thanksgiving? But he only did two of the eight years he was president. Oh, my gosh. You're right. Yeah. What a monster. What did he do the other six? Eat those turkeys? Uh, George W. Bush. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. <laughs> George W. Bush, he pardoned eight. And uh, Barack Obama, he also pardoned eight as well. 
And uh, currently that. it says that Trump has pardoned one. I don't know if he if this is the one he already has or if he will within this within this coming week. So so Trump is co- is continuing that tradition. Kind of surprised. He probably wants uh, chicken. He likes KFC. <laughs> he probably is going to try to get that. For He's going to pardon the turkey and go order some KFC instead. That's so right. I, I have a lot of questions about this turkey so, stuff, Steve. Um, can I ask them to you? Are you an expert on turkey sure. pardons? So I'll do the best I can. Going back to uh, who was it? Like uh, who was the first president you mentioned? Uh, so Harry Truman. So turkeys companies were just giving them turkeys. Yeah, he. They were. They were like donating. Was this for advertising turkeys? purposes, or were they just thought they were being good citizens of the U.S.? Honestly, I'm not exactly sure why. I'm a little conf- confused as to why they would do that because when they were given to um, Truman. That was when Meatless Tuesdays and Poultryless Thursdays were going on because it was right after World War II and we're kind of in the, the beginning stages of the Cold War. Um, so people were trying to you know, conserve meat that way so that way it could go over to the soldiers and whatnot. Mm. So I'm, I'm not exactly sure, but it just said that, so that- uh, members of the Poultry and Egg National Board and other representatives of the turkey industry gathered at the, outside the White House. Wait, they all—they brought and, uh, it in person. President Truman with this turkey. Like the president of Purdue yeah, drove to the White House and just like chucked a turkey over the fence. I was like, here. Do they get? I—I uh, I don't know if it was the president of Purdue, but something along those lines. And was it always a live turkey? Yes, it's always. It was always live. Uh, the National Turkey Federation would present a broad-breasted right? yep. white variety. Yep, the NTF doing what they always do. Spreading turkey goodwill. So, so a lot of people think this is a really stupid tradition. Uh, there's some great vi- videos of Barack Obama's daughters uh, standing next to him while he does it, while, or why he did it, and they seem really, really unenthused about it. Um, there's a really, really funny episode of The West Wing where um, somebody brings two turkeys for Martin Sheen's character, President Bartlett, to pardon, but they have to pick which one to pardon, and whichever one doesn't get pardoned is going to get eaten. And the person who has to pick gets like attached to both of them. So, oh, the president says that uh, you know he doesn't have any constitutional ability to pardon a turkey since it has committed no crime and he has no judicial jurisdiction over birds. So he instead, in order to save it, he drafts in the military service to save its life, and uh, both turkeys end up being spared. That's genius. I hope you won't be employing so that strategy a, today. It's a good idea. I know, I, know, I didn't think of it. But it's it's a it's an interesting idea. So yeah, so that's a little bit of the history of turkey pardoning in the United States. And in honor of that, we're going to pick two birds that we're going to argue have committed crimes, but should be forgiven for those crimes. And like Chris mentioned, we really had to stretch out a little bit here. These are not turkeys. Find some birds. Yeah, they're not turkeys. Neither of these are birds that you would eat. Um. Well, we would in America, possibly. Would would we? I wouldn't. Either either of these? No, I don't think so. These are not food birds. Oh, okay. I just want to make sure. Um, but I, I found this list online, and there were a lot of uh, birds that like I didn't even think of as being birds that um really gave us some options here. But uh, anyway, so uh, so Chris, who are you picking as your bird who has committed a crime but deserves a second chance? I have chosen Iago from Disney's Aladdin. Would you like me to the, go into Iago background mask. now? Yeah, sure. Go into Iago's background now. Sure. So Iago uh, is from Disney's Aladdin. He's voiced by comedian Gilbert Gottfried. 
who wasn't the original plan for that character. Actually, they had him originally as more of a a serious character, and then they cast Gilbert Gottfried and rewrote him to be more of a humorous character. He uh he basically throughout Aladdin works for the villain Jafar, the evil the evil uh I don't know what do you call him sorcerer. I don't know what a, what Jafar's title is. Yeah, he he was I think, like I think sorcerers. Yeah, he can do like magic stuff. Kind of. Yeah. And he kind of does Jafar's bidding. He does like tricks for him. He uh so in a way his crimes could be described as like helping to plot like the downfall of the kingdom of Agrabah, overthrowing the sultan, helping with like murders and stuff. So like some yeah, pretty I mean, serious crimes. They uh didn't that guy in the beginning of the movie that they convinced and coerced to go into that cave, like didn't he end up dying? Well, they make you think he died. But uh later later Aladdin sequels may have changed that rewrote that a little okay. bit. Okay. But, but yeah, so pretty much to... the opening scene is they they trick this guy into going into the cave and then he pretty much gets stuck in the cave where you are led to believe he will die. Okay. So so covering up a murder, an accomplice in a murder? Yep. We could say. Yep. Uh it looks to me I I'm looking on that guy's name is Gazim and uh his only appearance is in the first Aladdin movie. So, so how is that possible... name how is that name spelled? Uh, G-A-Z-E-E-M. Oh, all right. Never mind. Yeah, you're right. He's probably dead. Yeah. Oh, right here. Gazim enters the cave and breathes a sigh of relief when suddenly the cave clamps its mouth shut on top of him, killing him. Yeah, so here's why I was confused. I thought that that guy's name was Kasim, who they later say okay. is Aladdin's father, and they look for him in a later Aladdin movie. But okay. I was just confused yeah. so, by no, their so similar he, sounding He's behind names. the cover-up of a murder. He's an accomplice of a murder. Oh, yeah. He's involved uh, in treason. Involved they right they overthrow the Sultan. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. I, I'm not I'm not hiding his crimes, but I'm saying he makes up right. for these crimes. Right. I'm, 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 just, I'm just trying to help you hype up his crimes. Oh, okay. Thank you for being my Iago crime hype man. Yes. So, so accomplice to murder. Lots of, like, um, tricking. You know, he's not an ethical bird, per se. He's... He's kind of a, a shady bird. And he helps Jafar overthrow the Sultan. And Jafar's ultimate goal is like world domination. So you could say also that could be a crime. Although, is it really a crime at that point? Like, what government has a law against world domination at the point that the world's been dominated already? That's kind of like yeah. a, you know, catch-22 situation. But anyway, he steals things, uh, you know, valuables, jewelry whatnot so he does not like crackers he doesn't like crackers the sultan keeps trying to feed him crackers and he hates them that's true maybe that's why he's trying to overthrow the sultan it all comes down to those crackers so the thing is iago speaks fluent english the entire film and doesn't bother to let the sultan know this until the end he could have told him earlier like hey i don't like crackers i think it's just he's trying to um you know he's playing the role he's playing the role as as jafar's yes uh, second kind of like a command also like a spy in the kingdom he's for just jafar. doing jafar's bidding exactly yeah exactly all right so who do you have so i am picking uh toucan sam who is the mascot for the fruit loops breakfast cereal uh he has been involved in their advertisement since uh the 1960s what kind of bird uh, he is has he? the ability to smell fruit so he is a toucan okay that makes sense I Iago is a scarlet macaw, I forgot to say. Oh, okay, that's fine. 
and um, he he has the ability to smell Fruit Loops from a great distances, which is kind of funny because uh, if you look at you know the way Toucan Sam looks, they really put a lot of emphasis on his beak and make it seem as though it's a giant nose. Uh, when in reality, that's just his beak. Like, just because he has a giant beak, they're like, oh, he has a big nose. That means he can smell things. Do they show him using his really beak to how, smell? Uh, it works for toucans. Uh, I, I, I don't know off the top of my head, but it seems like a lot of the commercials involve him using that because right here, uh, one of the quotes he says is, follow your nose, it always knows. Uh, he also says, follow uh, the flavor of fruit wherever it grows. Oh, no, he'll say, follow your nose. It always knows the flavor of fruit wherever it grows. Um, and then sometimes he'll also say to like the, the people in the commercial, just follow your nose. And then some other people in the background will say, for the fruity taste that shows. Um, I just want to make sure it's known that Fruit Loops is spelled F-R-O-O-T loops, not F-R-U-I-T loops. Uh, so you can argue that it's not technically fruit. I think that's pretty much a given. Um, so, yes. I there mean, is absolutely. no fruit. No, not at all. All right. So, so let's see here. So uh, if you look at the colors on his beak, his beak has uh, different colors that represent the flavors of the pieces in the cereal. Uh, for example, like the red on his beak is supposed to represent cherry. The yellow on his beak is supposed to represent lemon. And the orange on his beak, obviously, is supposed to represent orange. Uh, however, it is important to note that uh, though Fruit Loops has different colors, every single uh, piece tastes exactly the same. They have the exact same flavor, and the company Wait. has even come out and acknowledged this. Man, because there's so many things that I swear all the flavors, all the colors taste the same, and no one ever believes me. Yep, Fruit Loops, every single one, it's, each one is basically a blend of every single flavor. So, um, yeah, you, you, you're not wrong there, Chris. It's kind of funny because I was thinking of Fruit Loops flavors a couple weeks ago because Oreo has that new mystery Oreo out. And when I first smelled it and bit into it, I swore that it was Fruit Loops. And a guy that I work with, um, he kind of agreed, but then he was saying that it was most likely uh, Fruity Pebbles. I yeah, think, I get Fruity Pebbles. Or some other type of fruit cereal. I think because whatever whatever uh, Nabisco owns also owns another fruity cereal. I think it might have been Fruity Pebbles, or no? What's the, what's the tricks? I can't remember. But um, after he said that, I said, "Oh, that totally makes sense because of the whole copyright and who owns which flavor and everything like that." But um, did you did you end up trying any of those Oreos? Yeah, they tasted like uh, Fruity Pebbles to me. Yeah, like after two. Of- of them, I was done. They were disgusting. They were so strong. Too, too they were sweet way for me too, too sweet and yeah, exactly. So, so that's a little bit about Toucan Sam. He's still around today. And uh, what the crimes I'm bringing up for Toucan Sam are, are crimes that I think are very, very uh, important in today's society that we need to put an end to. And um, uh, fruit Fruit Loops are not a good breakfast cereal. Uh, they're not even a good way to start your day. Uh, they are you know completely doused in sugar. Uh, one, let's see what right here, a 29 gram serving of the cereal contains 10 grams of sugar, which means that one third of what you're eating is sugar. Um, the higher and sugar, if you had a cup of milk, that would be another stuff. 12 grams of sugar too. Is is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this is just rich with sugar and like Americans, we love our sugar. I mean, our brains have pretty much, pretty much been programmed to just you know, crave sugar as much as possible. 
but um i mean with all that sugar in there it's 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 awful um some of the uh short-term side effects because of this cereal can lead to behavior problems in children hyperactivity in children learning problems in children addiction i mean because you can be addicted to sugar and also cavities so right then and there a lot of short-term side effects that can occur because of eating these this fruit loop cereal some possible long-term side effects which are probably even worse than those are obesity cancer cardiovascular disease diabetes and non-alcoholic fatty liver disease and um it contains some extreme ingredients like sugar hydrogenated oil artificial colors and bht so so i mean yeah you see the commercials and the the great box designs with all the free toys you can get or puzzles or you mail in the, the box tops and you get free movie tickets or whatever and yeah it seems like fun and games but i'm going to argue that uh toucan sam is promoting this horrible industry and he would be jailed uh for the crimes that would occur on these children um all those short-term and, and long-term side effects and is i think that he is, should be held responsible for that as well he's like that camel that sold cigarettes to kids yeah, exactly. Joe Camel. If if Toucan Sam had a backbone, he would say, "He, I'm, I'm walking away. I don't want to be a part of this anymore. I don't want to, you know, be a, a mascot, a spokesperson for this this awful cereal. Maybe he could go work for Green Giant or something. I mean, they're gonna have to work around uh, the logo because Toucan Sam's not a Green Giant, but maybe he could bring in some tropical dishes uh, of some healthy options, perhaps. But um. Yeah, he he would he would definitely be arrested for his crimes, being an accomplice in harming all of these children. But I don't think that he should stay in jail forever. And I'll get to that in a second when we start talking about pardons. Anything else you want to add, Chris, or do you want there, to get right to your pardons? There are some other potential crimes that Toucan Sam committed as well. Go right ahead. I, I sent an, you an email detailing them in detail with evidence. Let's see. Oh, I got it right now. All right, let me let me pop it up here. I like the I like the subject line. It says fruit, fruit loops. loops. I wasn't oh, sure how many O's, oh so I put like ten. Wow. Uh, so so breaking news right here, folks. So Chris just sent me an email, like he said, and it is it is Toucan Sam, and uh, he is snorting lines of cocaine. They, they appear to drawing. be that. We Not don't want to, you know, make any accusations. It could be sugar. Allegedly, it could be sugar. It's probably right. sugar. It's probably sugar. Um, but it's funny because he's using his beak again, which, you know, really isn't that much of a nose. Well, maybe and that's where a toucan's nose is. Maybe. That's true. It's just a hole in their beak. But um, And, and it's great because it has a little quote that says, just follow your nose, which uh, Toucan Sam is known for for saying frequently in the commercials. And all the O's in like the word follow your and nose, they're using little Fruit Loops there. That was really creative. They did a good job. What did you Google to find that? I just Googled Toucan Sam. Did you really? Yeah, it was in the images. I sent you another one, too, alleging possible violent crimes. Here's another one. Let's see. Oh, where'd you? did you seriously just Google Toucan Sam and that's what came up? Well, I mean, it was kind of far down the page, but yes. So here we have an image of uh, Toucan Sam, and he is pretty much uh, Samuel L. Jackson's character <laughs> from Pulp Fiction. He's holding the gun. It's possible. It's possible. Uh, Why would a toucan need a gun? I don't know. He's got to take care of some kids. Man, take not, care of that, Steve. They're not buying the cereal. So he kills them? 
I mean, he's indirectly killing them now, isn't he? So he obviously has no problem going ahead, skipping the skipping a step and just taking care of them. Wow. Sorry, I know that's pretty dark. It's messed up, man. All right. Anyway, all right. So do you want to do you want to do your argument here of yeah? Because why my, you? Believe? I got a Loctite argument, Steve. Go go ahead. All right. So here's the thing. Based on you know a canon conversation in the movie Return of Jafar. Jafar is describing where he got Iago. He says he picked up Iago in Agrabah's Bazaar and reared him as an accomplice in crime. So it's hard to blame Iago for all these crimes when he was basically manipulated by an evil, older, I don't know, what are we calling Jafar? Sorcerer to be to commit crimes and do and be bad. It is the ultimate Stockholm Syndrome. Are you familiar with the saying. Stockholm Syndrome? Um, I've heard of it. Refresh my memory. Oh, so, wait. No, I do know that. It's Isn't basically that a condition to describe hostages um, kind of developing you, you uh, like yeah. a psychological connection with their captors. So it's theorized this occurs as okay. a survival strategy during captivity. And then it kind of results in like a bond where sometimes they'll, the hostage will actually help the captive or captor uh, seemingly willingly. But it's generally believed to be like a like a neurological condition, like from the stress, like it's kind of like forced on them. Right. All right. So you're, so you're going to use that argument as he has Stockholm syndrome. So that's why we should let him go. Yes. And there is also evidence of this applying to pardons. Are you familiar with Patty Hearst? I'm not. So Patty Hearst is uh, a part of a famous uh, American kidnapping. Uh, in 1974, she was 19 years old and she was kidnapped. She was the granddaughter of American publishing magnate William Randolph Hearst, who you may or may not have heard of. So nationally yep. known family. She's abducted by a small terrorist group, the Symbionese Liberation Army. She's isolated and threatened with death. I don't know for how long, but then she becomes supportive of their cause, making propaganda announcements and taking part in illegal activities with them. So... Oh, boy. Yes. So she's found 19 months after being abducted, by which point she has committed serious crimes and is wanted for them. Uh, She's held in custody, where they accuse her of joining the Symbionese Liberation Army on her own volition, find her guilty, but her sentence gets commuted by Jimmy Carter, and she gets pardoned by Bill Clinton. Wow. What a great story. It applies perfectly to Iago. It really does. You're not. He was you're not forced kidding. into a life of crime by the villain Jafar. Stockholm syndrome led him to do bad things. Even though there are often times in the movies where he's conflicted between doing something what is right and what would be beneficial to him, and he actually usually picks doing what is right. Like there are some times when he actually helps Aladdin, and in the sequel, he actually joins Aladdin to help him fight back against Jafar. So he would be seen for his committing his crimes. Because of the brainwashing of Jafar, he'd be pardoned, and he'd live his life as a as a good member of society. Now, do you think it's fair that he's getting off scot free here? I mean, he he aided in the murder. Well, it's not scot free. Innocent... He has he's going to live with years of guilt for his for his crimes. So, I mean, now if he's living with the guilt, then he must be acknowledging that he is guilty. Or would you think that? 
he he wouldn't be guilty? Do you think he'd be leaving after his pardon, thinking like this is the right thing, or do you think he'd be like, "Ooh, I I, I dodged a bullet." Uh, no, I think like, I think Iago knows he did bad things. Okay, I think that's why he wants to make up for them and help Aladdin. Okay, and actually, okay. he, he commits some saying. selfless acts of heroism in um, the popular uh, video game Kingdom Hearts Two. There's an Aladdin level <laughs> where <laughs> Iago. <laughs> Uh, takes a spell from Jafar to save the main character of that game from being hit by a you know a lightning bolt spell thing. That is pretty selfless. He saves him. Yeah, I think the moment he's pardoned and the president that pardons him hears his voice, I think he'd just <laughs> lock him up in jail again because his voice is just. I a mean, crime. I love. <laughs> I love Gilbert Godfrey. Like, don't get me wrong, his voice is hysterical. But like, if I had to listen to it all day, I would go insane. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't wish that on anyone. Absolutely not. So, but, yeah, I mean, he... I, I see what you're saying. I think it's I think it's a good argument. But I, I feel like we should be looking um, more towards what good they have done. I feel like... I just told he you, he saved Sora's life in Kingdom Hearts 2. But, yeah, I mean, that's that's if we're going outside of the film canon. But, so it I says mean, that that's at... based on um, the Return of Jafar, which I've never seen, so I don't know. Me, yeah, me neither. But I mean, if you're—I've only seen the first one, like you as well. But if we're only just looking at that, I mean, there's no reason why any of his actions are redeemable by by claiming that yeah, he might have Stockholm syndrome and he's just in this love-hate relationship with Jafar and he's just doing it because he loves him so much. But he's still doing these awful things, and I don't think that's somebody that we want back in our society. Well, they weren't that awful. I mean, I th- a murder murder is pretty bad. Trying to so I don't know if that's technically murder. Government. I mean, he they basically hired this guy to steal something from a cave, and that guy died. So that's kind of on him, don't you think? Um, uh, but they didn't really tell. Like they knew the dangers. They may have misrepresented some of the potential hazards of the job. Pur- purposefully misrepresented. Well, maybe. I think so. It's hard to know they their intent. They didn't do anything to try to help him. Like when that cave was... when that Yeah, it's hard to prove intent. Iago's a bird. But what could he do? Cave, Iago weighs like one pound. He's not stopping a cave from closing but, its mouth on some guy. But Mr. Mr. Selfless, you're saying, you're arguing he's Mr. Selfless. Like he would have tried to do at least something. Well, he was too yeah. brainwashed at that point. At that point, he was in the full spell of Jafar. Of Jafar's magic. Yes. Not okay. just magic. His psychological manipulation. Right. Yeah, I'm... Reading up here about um, Return of Jafar, it seems like Iago really goes through a huge character development. He he joins Aladdin. Like he completely, yeah, completely joins Aladdin's side there. Yeah, so there you go. So, all right, so that's what you got. No problem at all. All right, I'm going to give a little bit of argument now why I think that Toucan Sam, though he has committed these awful crimes um, with the side effects of his serial, why I think he should be let out. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go plain and simple, which I think is very similar to the politics of today. Toucan Sam generates an enormous amount of money for our economy. Um, with the sales of Fruit Loops and Kellogg's in general. Kellogg's in 2000, let's see, the revenue in 2014 was $14.8 billion a year. That was in 2014. Now that was Kellogg's. So that was the whole company of Kellogg's under which Fruit Loops is found. I found an article. Uh, where'd it go? 
here it is. This is the Washington Post. It's an article from 2014. Best-selling cereal brands. Fruit Loops brings in about $230 million a year just in Fruit Loops. When it comes to the fruit, that is that is the number one when it comes to fruity cereal. Cheerios is number one. Um, ne- like the first, I would say, like sugary cereal is like Cinnamon Toast Crunch and then Lucky Charms. And then right after that is Fruit Loops. So of the fruity cereal, it's bringing in $230 million a year. Okay. Now, if Toucan Sam is the voice of Fruit Loops, he is Fruit Loops. I mean, they all their marketing is based on him and how he's able to sell it, the smell of all the different flavors in the cereal. You get rid of Toucan Sam, Fruit Loops is down the drain. It's gone. Think of all the jobs that we're going to be losing because those people are not going to be able to go to Kellogg's and help produce that cereal. It's going to be taking out a significant portion of our economy. And yes, um, the side effects from those cereals can lead to long-lasting effects, Toucan Sam is not forcing anybody to buy this cereal, and he's not forcing anybody to eat this cereal. In all of his commercials, he's always talking about the smell. He's never talking about the taste. He's never telling the children, you have to eat this. He's never telling the children, or he's never force-feeding this down their throats. It's completely up to the decision of the consumer to eat that cereal. The parents could go for a better cereal like Cheerios health-wise, and possibly buy that for their children. But if they're choosing to buy the Fruit Loops, that's on them. That's their choice. And I don't think that Toucan Sam should be held accountable. And if we do, it's going to leave a negative effect in the economy, which is going to harm hardworking Americans going forward. So let me summarize your argument. So basically, you are using a massive victim-blaming campaign to say that nothing is Toucan Sam's fault. He was just, you know... He was just showing you the, the Fruit Loops. He wasn't forcing you to eat them. It's all Correct. your he was fat just faults for eating fruity, sugary cereals. Correct. I don't. Think and you're also saying that even though they're bad for you, we still have to have them because we can't lose jobs under any circumstances. Well, I don't want to lose jobs under any circumstances. And if we're able to help save Fruit Loops, I mean, you know, two hundred thirty million dollars. Yeah, in the grand scheme of things, it's not that much money when compared to the whole GDP of our economy. But if you think of all the people that work there, I mean, that's a lot of people. I'm trying to see if I can find a number here. So you you don't think Fruit Loops could bounce back after losing Toucan Sam? But I'm confused because this no, is your whole so. argument like, that think, the crime is related Subway. to Fruit think, Loops. Think of Subway. What's that? Isn't your whole argument of his crime that it's related to Fruit Loops being bad for you? So, so you'd be arguing against yeah. all sugary cereals. Yeah, but specifically, I'm arguing though only against Fruit Loops. So you're arguing that Fruit Loops are bad because they could... have too much sugar, but we can't get rid of Fruit Loops because people would lose jobs. Yeah. Okay. Just just to be clear. Yeah. Now I found a number here. Kellogg's employs thirty three thousand six hundred employees, and that was in 2016. Now that's for Kellogg's, the whole company. So we're really not sure how many are specifically working on the Fruit Loops brand. But, I mean, that's going to be in the tens of thousands that are going to be affected if, you know, Toucan Sam is gone. But like you mentioned earlier, like, is Fruit Loops Toucan Sam or is Toucan Sam Fruit Loops? There are some brands that when you have uh, an individual that is 
that's aso- closely associated with that product, if something bad happens to that individual, it kind of scars that product forever. Like, I'll be honest with you. Whenever I see Subway, I think of Jared Fogel. <laughs> I mean, it's hard not to. Um, and you think of, like, the awful things that he did. Um, you know, if you ever see something happens, maybe comes out that uh, Lucky Charms has secretly been in embezzling money, the Lucky the Leprechaun, in, like, an offshore island, tax haven kind of thing. I mean, that's going to taint the Lucky Charms brand going forward. Americans don't care about tax havens. This is true. But remember when uh, Captain Crunch came out a couple years ago and found out that he really wasn't a captain? And he was really a colonel. We did detail that in our episode, Captain Crunch That's versus Lucky Charms. Lucky Charms, yes. I mean, I mean, Chris, we are we are so fortunate that Captain Crunch is still around today. <laughs> I mean, that could have really blown the lid on the entire operation. Could have completely killed their business, their product, and luckily they were able to bounce back from that. And we still have them selling their awful sugary cereal to American children to this day. Oh, Steve, I find your argument a bit a bit confusing. I I gotta say, I'm not sure. Well, what, what can I do to clear it up for you? Because we have to remember. So, the are sugary cereals bad, they're, or they're, are they are they okay? I'm gonna say they are bad. Cer- sugary cereals are bad, but it is up to the discretion of the consumer to purchase them. All right. So maybe and just just because just because somebody buys Fruit Loops. Doesn't mean it's too, and gets you know diabetes or cancer. Doesn't mean it's Toucan Sam's fault. Okay, that's a fair that's a fair point. Because oh, we have to remember the 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 listeners in this episode are going to kind of serve as the partner. They're going to vote and say who do they believe should be pardoned, who deserves to receive that pardon for the crimes that happened, and how they were able to overcome those crimes going forward. But Toucan Sam's going to go right back to peddling his sugar fruits loops. Sugar loops. Fruit loops? Yes. I was it's calling right. them sugar loops as kind of a, an insult to you. Ooh, I see what you're doing. Yeah, that was very Trump. But very I messed Trump. up that, and I accidentally very, said sugar fruits. Very Trumpian of you. <laughs> oh, um, using, using a, I a mean, nickname to demean? Yeah, using a nickname to, to demean your, your opponent. Mm-hmm. Right um, out of his playbook. Um, yeah, I mean, he's going to... He he's gonna go back and he's gonna he's gonna go back. Do you think that there's a problem with an American going back and earning a living for their family? No, ahead, but Chris. you just argued that what he does is immoral and wrong, and worthy of a crime. But then you're saying it's pardon like, him so he can that, continue doing yeah. the bad thing. Have you ever seen? Yeah, because it's good for the economy. Have you ever seen? Thank you for smoking. Uh, no, I have not. It's very good. It stars Aaron Eckert works as a cigarette lobbyist and it's so great the way it's done because he knows that what he's doing is awful and he knows that cigarettes cause cancer and the whole movie he's just going around as this as this lobbyist for the tobacco industry and he's just like hey this is my job i need to make a living i need to make money i need to make this money for the economy and i'm gonna basically do what i have to do in order to make sure that this product sells off the shelves as fast as possible even though he completely disagrees with it that's kind of like what toucan sand's going to be doing here don't you think that's kind of two-faced of him oh i see what you did there nice <laughs> that, job. Was, that was pretty good right fun fact that was really good but fun fact and i mean chris you're good uh chris nolan saw that movie and that's what made him want to have 
Aaron Eckert. Wow, he's like, this guy is playing a two-faced ad executive. That's my two-face. I mean, yeah, he was playing a government, not really a government employee, but he was working in the government, I mean, for a lobby firm. But but yeah, that's what made him want to have him as, as two-faced. So I'm glad you were able to make that connection. Yeah, that's actually, that's pretty on the nose, actually, for, for Christopher Nolan. Yeah, exactly. All right, anything else uh, you want to add here? Any last arguments before we get into uh, fun facts, if you have any? Um, just in full disclosure, I, I don't really care for Fruit Loops. I'm not a Fruit Loops guy myself. I'm a more of a I Captain Crunch like person. Fruit Loops whatsoever. What's that? Uh, Captain Crunch. If, I'm not a fan of Fruit Loops either. I really enjoy Captain Crunch. I mean, like they pretty much show you what your teeth are going to turn into. <laughs> just by the way, the cereal looks. Um, I really like Honey Nut Cheerios. I know that's probably one of the better options. Allie's a big fan of Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Not a big fan of Cinnamon Toast Crunch right here. I don't know why. I don't like the way the the milk gets at the very end. I like something that'll leave the milk tasting nice mm, when I it see. comes time to to scarf it all down. I I eat most of my cereal without milk. Really? Yeah, just throw it in a baggie, eat it in my car, or when I get to work. Interesting. Yeah. I did not know that about you. Uh, it's it's because I don't wake huh. up early enough to eat a bowl of cereal with milk. So. That's what I do. Well, that's my problem. When I wake up, I'm just not hungry. I just don't want to eat when I wake up. So usually around 1030 is when I start getting hungry. I start, I need to start bringing things to school just so I can snack on in the morning or something. Hey, if you want, you know, I don't um, Don't I bring do Fruit some, Loops, though. They're I, bad for you. I do have some interesting things. No, don't bring Fruit Loops. I do have some interesting um, tidbits here about uh, Toucan Sam. So throughout the ten, Toucan Sam's tenure, kind of developed this little universe of people who he interacts with um some of he has some enemies like in the commercials and one of them is a guy named dr peacock um and he's a mad scientist who stole toucan sam's color with a giant laser called the color ray making toucan sam black and white i mean if he's black and white then there's no flavor to the cereal um, Toucan Sam and his nephews are able to find Dr. Peacock's lair and use the color rate to return his colors and add rainbow loops to the cereal. He should have destroyed the color right after he turned everything black and white. You know what? You're right. He should have. All right. But sorry. But, uh, you know, no, he just. 2020 hindsight I know. there. Yeah. Um, his his three nephews are Pewee, Susie, and Louie. Wait, wait, wait. Can you say those names again? And uh, I'm assuming Pewee. Susie I, and Louie. I thought you said Pewee, and I was like, no, he didn't say Pewee. It's P-U-E-Y. How would you pronounce that? P-U-E-Y. Pewee? Pewee, yeah. Or Pooey? Let's, let's go with Pewee. Pewee, all right. Um, let's see. In another uh, commercial episode, an alien called Naster Alien Fruit Monster, uh, land, which is a really original name, <laughs> uh, lands on Earth looking for the ultimate fruit taste of Fruit Loop. So he's looking for it. And he actually captures Toucan Sam. But um, luckily, thanks to some voting that happened online, Toucan Sam's nephews gave the fruit monster what he wanted, allowing Toucan Sam to escape. But the fruit monster wanted more and stole Toucan Sam's cereal box. When Toucan Sam and his nephews found him, the fruit monster ate the entire box and turned from bad to good by changing from green to yellow and creating alien berry Fruit Loops, which he shared with everyone. So that's how you get the origin of the the different color Fruit Loops, I suppose. How they got those in the uh, 
in the cereal. Oh, thanks for that origin story of Fruit Loops. I know. That sounds like a really cool I, that, uh, that is TV show. Hard to believe, but I guess that's what happened. I know. Um, there have been some uh, adventures of Toucan Sam where they found a treasure map and they followed it, uh, where they had to find the treasure of Blackbeak, the Toucan Pirate, uh, which is, you know, what. Um, there's another one where he goes to Egypt, and there's another one where he goes to Japan. Uh, he also went off to Mexico. Uh, but it is worth noting that Toucan Sam's age is unknown. The Toucan Sam campaign was produced by Pepper Films until 2013 when Kellogg's transitioned the Fruit Loops brand to CGI with animation company Nathan Love. Um, and he is currently voiced by a guy named uh, Maurice LaMarche. I don't know if I'm uh, pronouncing that right. But he was known for voicing the brain on the great show Pinky and the Brain. So the guy who did uh, Brain is currently voicing Toucan Sam in the the commercials, where he is like a 3D character now, not mm-hmm. like hand drawn like he used to be. Oh, that's that's an interesting fact, Steve. Thank you for that. No problem. Anything about Iago that you like to add? Um, I actually don't have any Iago facts. I do have one Toucan fact. Yes, Toucans have nostrils. They are located at the base of the beak, near the head. Okay, I want. Are they known for having strong senses of smell? Do you know? It does not say. I'm curious why they're always playing that up in the commercials. Yeah, I feel like that might just be artistic liberty. It might. It might be. It might be. Especially with that one image of you having him snort up all that sugar. Exactly. Definitely using a little artistic liberty right there. Um, some other birds that we that were on that list that we were looking at that we could have considered. Uh, Donald Duck. Woodstock, Zazu, the Road Runner, Scrooge McDuck, Tweety Bird, uh, Kevin from the movie Up, Daffy Duck, Scuttle, Daisy Duck, Big Bird. That one could have been funny. Uh, let's see who else. Owl, Foghorn, Leghorn, Huey Duck, Woody Woodpecker, which actually kind of fits with last year's Thanksgiving Day episode. Do you remember what we did last year? We did uh, balloons. We did parade balloons, right? Yeah, we did. That it was uh, who was it? it was Woody? Woodpecker versus who? I forget. I don't remember. Do you remember? No. I, I remember it was Woody Woodpecker. Oh man, I'll have to I'll have to look it up. But if 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 you're a new listener and you want to listen to another Thanksgiving themed episode, go back about a year ago. This week we did um, two Thanksgiving Day balloons battling against each other. That one that one was a lot of fun. Uh, any other interesting birds? Negaduck. Uh, Did you say the, uh, Dodo, um, the Dodo Road, Road Runner? Road Runner, yeah, that one could have been interesting too. Even though he's normally I mean, seen he, as he's the committing victim. a lot of crimes there. That's yeah. true, but you could argue. I mean, you know, he's harming Wiley Coyote. I was trying to think of a way that he's actually kind of responsible for all of Wiley Coyote's injuries, but you could have like Wiley Coyote like suing him in court or something. <laughs> That'd be pretty funny. That would be pretty funny. So. Yeah. So we hope you enjoyed our uh, Thanksgiving pardoning uh, episode. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. Chris, you have any favorite Thanksgiving Day food? Like, what's the one thing on the table that you've got to make sure stuffing. you Stuffing. I love stuffing. Right here with you. Totally agree with you. Stuffing 100%. It was a uh, cat in the hat, by the way, the other balloon. Oh, cat in the hat. That's right. Yep. Yes. I do remember that now. I, I think I was using some argument that Woody Woodpecker would try popping you with his balloon beak or something. Yep, I, I believe that sounds familiar. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely get some stuffing in you. Enjoy 
take a moment to spend some time with family. If you go Black Friday shopping, maybe relax a little bit and then go out. Yeah, take it easy. Or whatever you, take it easy. It's a, it's, a, it's a holiday. Relax. Now, do you get off for Friday, Chris? I just have Thursday oh, off, have... but I am taking Friday so you... off because... Man, that's... Is anybody going in on Friday, do you know? Uh, just a couple guys from my team. Hmm. They, do they just not want to... They don't care? Do they get paid extra? Um, well, it kind of saves you a day it's off. Not, you can you use guys, another time. Guys are all salary. Yeah, that's true. So that's that's the only thing. If I wanted to save the day off for later, so. but I, I like having the Friday off to just not worry about going to work after Thanksgiving. Oh, absolutely, I completely agree with you. Get the, get the four that's day the one nice thing about being yeah. a teacher. Yeah, I don't have to worry about that. All right, cool. So we hope you enjoyed this episode, new listeners and returning listeners. Uh, as always, there will be a Twitter poll online. You can follow us at Who Would Win Cast on Twitter. Uh, we post our polls weekly, usually Monday evenings uh, for that week's episode, and you can vote. Let us know your, your thoughts on it. Uh, you can retweet us, tweet at us, let us know what your thoughts are. Uh, we'd lo- love to hear from you guys. So we hope you have a great Thanksgiving, and please remember, as always, to subscribe, follow, and rate, and please continue to participate in our show. For the Who Would Win cast, this has been Steve. And this has been Chris. And we will see you next time. Bye-bye. It anymore. If I gotta choke down on one more of those moldy, disgusting crackers, bam! What? Ever notice how fruit is spelled with two O's? Say fruit. You ever notice how Toucan Sam should be flying instead of swinging in on a vine? I just do whatever fruits my loops. Why does he have a British accent? The Who Would Win cast is not endorsed by any film or television production companies and is intended for entertainment purposes only. Any and all audio clips are not owned by the Who Would Win cast, and all rights are reserved by the respective copyright holders.